Good morning, everyone. Happy Mother's Day, ladies. So glad you are here. Um, you will notice that there are several kids wearing their prom attire. We love this, no matter how tired or grumpy you may be. Love this. Nick Helbert up in the sound booth, he's a little concerned. He wants to know if you have know about proper hygiene for wearing these same clothes for 24 hours. Just, it hasn't been 24 hours, he said, Nick, so they're fine. Yeah, some of the kids are wearing sunglasses so that they can fall asleep in the sermon and not be pointed out. Um, I am grateful for they do this. This is this was a tradition for a long time, and it kind of faded with social media because you all get to see it, but it's better to see in person. So make sure you tell them how beautiful they are when you come up to them and thankful you're doing this. So, kids, there are uh, bulletins for you today. Um, I am thankful for all the, the different moms that I've had impact and influence my life. Moms have their own vocabulary. It's just words that they don't know. And so I was looking up mom vocabulary, and here are some that I didn't realize this is what moms mean. So here's the first word, dumbwaiter. Do you know what a dumbwaiter is? That's that box that's in the wall. Well, typically it means that it goes between floors. However, for a mom, a dumbwaiter is one who asks children if they want a dessert at restaurants. That's, that's a dumbwaiter. Feedback. Here's the next one. Feedback. That's giving advice or information back. But for a mother, it means uh, feedback is the inevitable result when the baby doesn't appreciate the strained carrots. I thought that was fun. Come on. Okay, what's this mean? This next word. Full name. It's what you call your child when you're angry with them. This next one, grandparents. These are the people who think your children are wonderful even though you're not raising them right. Uh, here's another one. It's not up there. I forgot it. I'm just going to say independent. How we want our children to be as long as they do everything we say. Now, puddle. Puddle. It's a small body of water that draws other small bodies who are wearing clean clothes. A show-off. Is that the next one? A child who is more talented than yours. And bottle feeding. This is an opportunity for daddy to do the, the work. At 2 a.m. especially. So there are all these things that moms have teach us. There is a great deal we can learn from moms. Here's just a few from the scripture, biblical examples of godly mothers. Eve is literally the mother of all. Sarah, the elderly mother who laughed at the notion of having children... And then has one. She gave birth to Isaac. Hannah, the mother who prayed to God to give her a child, and she gave birth to Samuel. Mother uh, Mary, which we just heard in the communion time, the mother of Jesus. Today we're going to continue our theme of foundation. Uh, having an unwavering faith. And we're going to look at the nameless mother found in Matthew chapter 15. Starting in verse 21. Jesus left Galilee and went north to the region of Tyre and Sidon. A Gentile woman who lived there came to him, pleading, Have mercy on me, O Lord, son of David, for my daughter is possessed by a demon that torments her severely. Uh, real quick, this is in the U version. Some people may not be able to find it. That's because you're using the Android. It's on the Apple. You'll have to search for it on the Android because it is there. I even checked last week. It was there. So... 
It is on the version. You can see all this stuff there. So this mother, she comes to Jesus with desperation for her daughter. This girl was plagued with ongoing presence of demons. Uh, the grim reality is that this mother had no hope for healing for her daughter. She has probably gone to several doctors. She's probably gone all over. And here she hears about Jesus. His ability to heal de diseases and cast out demons. And this mother, the love of this mother is shown in her actions. She seeks out Jesus. She loves her daughter so much that she's willing to seek out Jesus. And notice it said she's a Gentile woman. And she comes in the midst of all these Jews, and they didn't do that back then. And she calls out in public, which she would not have done back then. She was willing to seek out and do whatever it took to get Jesus to help her. That's a good godly mother. Notice what she asked for. She asked for mercy. Now, there's a difference between grace and mercy. Grace is getting a gift you don't deserve, something good. Mercy is having something taken away that you do deserve. And here this Gentile woman, in this idea of Jews and Gentiles, she deserves to be separated from Jesus, but she asks for mercy to have that taken away so she can come into his presence. She acknowledges Jesus as the Messiah. Um, it, it says, have mercy on me, O Lord, Son of David. She accepts the idea or the identity of Jesus when many of the Jews did not. She calls him Lord, Son of David. Both of these titles are signifying that she saw him as the Messiah. She accepts that. Um, Lord is a direct title of Christ, and Son of David is the title that would be given to the true Messiah. Here she is in the middle of all these Jews, a Gentile woman saying, This is the Messiah. Give me mercy, please. The first lesson we learn from this nameless mother is the lesson of love. Love is fuel for life. When life gets rough, love gives strength. When life gets tough, Love gives power. When life gets you down, love gives encouragement. When life seems empty, love gives it meaning. When life gets mundane, love gives it enthusiasm. When life seems sad, love gives us joy. When life gets confusing, love brings clarity. Why is it that all kids know that they can get more love from mom than from dad? Mom's the one that's going to say, come here, honey, I can fix that boo-boo. And dads are the ones that say, just rub dirt on it and go. It, it works. It does. But moms have this innate ability that God designed to show love. And that's what this mother is doing. And love is the center of our new life in Christ. Jesus shows his divine love through dying on the cross. He loved us enough to put his life on the cross, on the line for us, to pave the way to salvation. And this mother is showing that same kind of love for her daughter. Let's go to verse 23. But Jesus gave her no reply. That's rude. But why? Not even a word, it says. Then the disciples urged him, send her away. 
Tell her to go away, they said. She is bothering us with all of her begging. Right here, we need to stop and see there's something very important here. The disciples saw this woman was constantly asking. Moms, have you ever felt like you're constantly reminding the people you love to do something? It's not new. Moms have been doing it forever. This wasn't a one-time, hey, Jesus, help me. She was consistently, constantly asking. She kept asking, which is the next lesson we learned from this mother. We learned the lesson of persistence. This disciple saw this woman as a problem to be solved. They were thinking, we're doing the ministry, and this person is bothering us. She's causing a problem. Notice what they said, Jesus, you send her away. They weren't willing to go handle this. And I think that's why Jesus waited. He wanted to show them the real lesson was actually from this mother. They were trying to do the work of Jesus, and this woman's getting in the way. She kept begging, she kept asking, and the reality is the disciples missed the true point of ministry. This woman was the reason why Jesus came to Tyre and Sidon. He didn't answer her immediately, but he was not ignoring her. How many times have you asked your mother something, and she just looks at you? And you're like, oh, she's not paying attention. So you ask again, and then she tilts her head, and you start to ask again and go, maybe this isn't the right thing to ask. I kind of think Jesus is looking at her, and then he looks at the disciples, and I can almost see him just twinge a little smile, like, here it comes. And she keeps asking, and he looks at her, and then he looks at them. Because are they getting the point, this message of love and persistence? Or are they just trying to be a typical guy and let's get the job done and move on? This woman, this mother, was unwilling to give up. She kept on seeking Jesus. She refused to give up until her prayers were answered. Many times people start seeking Jesus, but then they give up. All the answers are coming too slowly. They stop when they don't get what they want. And part of the lesson that Jesus teaches here is, through this woman, is don't give up. This woman was willing to be persistent and continue. Uh, Rich DeVos said, persistence is stubbornness with a purpose. And I really like it. It's not stubborn just to be stubborn, but it has a real purpose. Through this, we can learn the value of being persistent. Persistence or endurance is a key quality in our walk with God. The ability to keep on keeping our faith, even during difficulties, is essential to our spiritual growth. There's no way to get through the daily rigors of life without developing a sense of persistence. And we do need to look to our mothers for that. We need to thank them for what they've done. Those words apply to Christian life, and we should never give up seeking the greater for God's kingdom. Let's go to verse 24. Then Jesus said to the woman, I was sent only to help God's lost sheep, the people of Israel. He describes the Jews twice there. And it sounds kind of rude. But she came and worshipped him, pleading again, Lord, help me. Jesus responded, it isn't right to take food from the children and throw it to the dogs. This seems very rude. She replied, that's true, Lord. 
but even the dogs are allowed to eat the scraps that fall beneath their master's table. Here she does. She comes and falls down before God. Before anything can be said, this woman is on her knees. And here, through this section, we see the lesson of humility. She lowers herself. She bows down. It says Jesus makes his mission clear. He has come to spread the news to first the Jews and then to the Gentiles. And and then the story that Jesus uses about the dinner table is not about dogs. It's about the children. The priority is I am going to feed my children. I am here for my children, which is what she's there for. And notice the response of the woman. Even the dogs eat from the crumbs from the master's table. The woman is saying, even crumbs is powerful enough for me. Jesus, just a little bit of you is all I need for my child. Just this tiny bit will save my daughter. She was willing to take whatever Jesus was willing to give her and claim that as enough. She was not only trusting in the power in Jesus, but also in the compassion. And we learn the proper attitude when we approach Jesus. It's not someone we come to and say, I demand this, this, and this, and you're going to do it because you're the Son of God. It's humility. Humble ourselves before Him. To bow down His presence. Notice it says she worshipped Him. This isn't isolated. This isn't all alone. There's a crowd of people around. And again, she is humbling herself. And we must also surrender our pride, our will, and our attitude to the Lordship of Jesus. And then this encounter um, ends with a standing ovation from Jesus. Look what he says in verse 28. Dear woman, Jesus said to her, your faith is great. Your request is granted. And her daughter was instantly healed. Jesus says, dear woman, your faith is great. He proclaims the faith of this nameless mom. He not only acknowledges her faith, but he grants her the request. He listens to this woman because of her humility, her persistence, and her love. And he answers it because of her faith. Persistence without faith is worthless. Humility without faith is pointless. Jesus spurs on this woman's faith, and he focuses on that. He calls her Dear woman. Some translations will say, oh woman, or oh... Really, when you look at it, this is a compassionate term. He is trying. He doesn't know her name, but he said, dear woman, dear mom. Right here, he elevates this woman in front of everyone, in front of the Jews. He says, oh dear woman, your faith is great. He shames all the Jews who should have known better. And right here we learn that lesson of faith from this mom. We face challenges that can help stretch and strengthen our faith. Um, We face issues and people that might try to deter us from seeking Jesus. However, Jesus makes it clear that we must be willing to to press on. When we focus our faith on Jesus, we keep seeking His faith. uh, His faith, that's when our faith grows. And then we can know that Jesus is going to say, Your faith is great. How many of you would love to have Jesus tell you, your faith is great? Not just tell you that, but in front of everybody else, say, your faith is great. 
This mom did that. She didn't do it for faith. She did it for God and her daughter. She was the byproduct. And that's what we need to be the same thing. We need to let our lives be the byproduct as we focus on God and then other people. Kind of like the golden rule. I found this short poem that really encompasses what this mom and what many moms are like. Um, the guy who wrote this, I couldn't find his name. There's several different names, so I didn't know who it is, but it should be on the screen. She fed me when I was hungry. She, let, she laundered all my clothes. She helped me study history and wiped my dirty nose. She often wiped my fevered brow. She taught me to ride a bike. She even taught me how to eat the foods I did not like. She wore old and faded clothes so I could wear something new. She set an example so I would know what to say and what to do. She often worked from dawn to dark to make our house a home. While singing like a lark, her eyes with love light shone. Now wrinkles grace her brow, her hair has turned to gray, and I begin to wonder how I will live without her here someday. I know that's kind of a sad poem, but isn't that truthful? We don't realize the blessings and the, the beauty that our mothers and these women have had in our lives. Nobody knows the potential within a person quite like a mother. Uh, Abraham Lincoln said this, All that I am or ever hope to be, I owe to my angel mother. Now, I've told you many times growing up, I wanted to be a preacher since I was three years old. What I found out later, my mom saw me and she knew I was going to be a preacher. And this is what she said, He's going to be better than Billy Graham. Nothing tells the potential like a mother. No one also exaggerates the potential like a mother. This woman that we just looked at, this mother who approached Jesus, is a great example, not just to mothers, but any of us who have faith. But right now, I need, I need all you ladies to hear me. So many times, moms, you go into the background. You're behind the scenes. You pour out your life, your love, and your energy for everyone else. You do this constantly and consistently. And most of the time, you get no recognition for all you do. Many times, you are the nameless mother. So I have two things to say. First, I'm sorry. It's not right that we give one day to honor you and the rest of the year to just take advantage of that. One day, enough is, one day a year is not enough to honor you for all your devotion, your love, and your hard work. Secondly, most importantly, think back, look back at that nameless mother in our passage today. Verse 28. Jesus says, Dear woman, your faith is great. Your request is granted. Jesus stops and turns compassionately and addresses this mother. He does this for each of you still today, if you'll care to look around. Every time you feel like this nameless mother who is 
going through all the motions and you're never getting the spotlight that you know you deserve. The, not the spotlight, but the thanks. Jesus turns. Dear woman. Dear mother. Dear child of mine. Your faith is great. I want you to remember, even though we here forget you, we forget to recognize and thank you, we fail to honor you so many times, Jesus does not. Jesus sees your tears. He hears your broken heart. He knows your devotion. And I want you to stop and hear him today. Dear woman, your faith is great. Is great enough that I, your Savior, want to point it out. Dear woman, your devotion to God and your family is seen and recognized in heaven. So dear women, who have poured out so much, thank you. Thank you for being more like Jesus than we ever give you credit for. Thank you for pointing us to our Savior. We're going to end the service with a prayer. Um, over all the mothers in this room um, and, and any other mother that you want to call to mind, but we're going to do it a little different. Okay? We're going to have a little participation. I would like you to move to your mom or to the closest mom to you. If your mom's not with you right here, you're going to get up and move to your mom. That means wake up, kids. Move and go to... Your mom. Go do that. If your mother isn't here, go to a mother near you. I didn't say talk. With this, I want to give a, a quick definition. A mother is a woman who has shown love, compassion, humility, and perseverance. I've lost them. They're all like, I'm going to go sit by mom. They're still moving. They're trying to find seats. And even the ones that aren't moving are talking. So nice that Claire went and sat right by you. Yeah. Okay, so here is the definition of a mother. A mother is a woman who has shown love, compassion, humility, and persistence in front of others for your benefits. A mother is a woman who has loved kids even if they are not physically theirs. So right now, I want you to place your hand on that mother, whether she's your physical mother, a spiritual mother, or whatever. Do this right now. And we are going to pray. And if, if you want to pray out loud, please do. I'm going to have a little bit of a silence. Don't place your hand as a joke on her, but in loving, like love on her, okay? So I'm going to start a prayer, and then you guys can pray, and then I will close it. So God, we come before you right now to lift up all these women, all these great models of your love. God, our Creator, we pray for new mothers. Coming to terms with new responsibilities for expected mothers, wondering and waiting for those who are tired, stressed, or depressed. For those who struggle to balance their tasks of work and family. For those who are unable to feed their children due to poverty. God, we come 
I pray and lift up those whose children have physical, mental, or emotional disabilities. For those who have children they do not want. For those who raise children that are not their own. For those who have lost a child. For those who care for the children of others. God, we pray for those whose children have left home. For those whose desire is to be a mother has not yet been fulfilled. God, right now we thank you and ask you to bless all of these wonderful women in our lives. That their love may be deep and tender. That they may be able to lead their children to know and do what is good. Living not for themselves alone, but for you and for others. God, I thank you. I thank you for all the women you brought into each of our lives. I can name them in my life. Thank you so much for teaching us what you are like through them. And help us to honor them, to remember them, to respect them, and to love them. Not just today, but every day. And God, I ask right now that you show all these women. You teach, you speak to their hearts. And tell them to your moment, your faith is great. And in Jesus' name we all pray. name.